0: Welcome to another emergency episode of So Bad It's Good. Uh, yeah, let's do part two of the Bethany Frankel. We call her Frankel here. She frankled again in part two, uh, the Rewives podcast with Miss Rachel Levis. Listen, I don't mind calling Raquel Rachel like I don't I mean the only thing I will say is that I'm so used to calling her Raquel that it is like almost just it's one of those like you're like oh Raquel Rachel Rachel Raquel. you know like so I will try to call her Rachel I have no like I'll call anybody anything that they want um so I have no problem with that if I do slip up or I I do a lot of Raquel Rachel because that's another way I've just said it in my head so many other times so if 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 this Bethany podcast has taught us anything, you know I'm good with I'm good with the Rachel. The rest of it I'm not good with. <laughs> so uh, you guys have listened along with me. Now let's talk about some obvious things right off the bat, and maybe we can try to clear some things up. And maybe I can give a little bit of a podcasting perspective from this or the things that irk me. Now these are just my opinions. These are just my thoughts. I had a couple of angry people that, uh, that, that didn't like how I presented the information. And I'm like, that's totally cool. Start your own podcast. Get your own information out there. Uh, your own opinions. I love it. Like, please, all, all power to you. If you're here, thank you for being here. If you don't want to be here, don't listen. All good. Um, so uh, the thing that I guess impressed a lot of us, not impressed, but uh, was impressed upon us upon listening to part two, was that you were looking at a what? What is this? Let's pull it up here. A thirty-nine minute episode. Is that correct? It's uh, let's see here. Part two was thirty-eight minutes. Now, part one was fifty-one minutes. So thirty-eight minutes for part two. I'm imagining part three is potentially just three minutes. We'll we'll see. It ended very abruptly today. Now, uh, the thing that. I want to talk about before we get into the transcript of it all is the, uh, the ad times, the ad space. Like how many minutes did we spend listening to ads? And, and by the way, between you and me, don't, you can like, you guys know, you can fast forward through the ads, you know, anyways, uh, in episode two, there was, uh, there was 10 minutes of advertisement. Is this right? um, there was a lot of ads. There was a lot, like 30% of the show was ads. Now there's a lot of ways to think about this. Is, is Bethany just making money hand over fist? Sure. But money on podcasts are a little different. Now, somebody of Bethany's stature, I mean, she's a pretty, she's got pretty decent ad sales. I'm sure ad rates, ad sales. She's with, uh, I think iHeart, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, but it's not the kind of money like say an oprah sit down would would garner um but it is it is good money it's great money but you know you can't off of one podcast it's like you're not buying a house off of one podcast but bethany is definitely making money hand over fist and uh I guess, congratulations. The, the, my personal problem is that I don't think Bethany really gives a hoot about the listeners, period, period. I think she has an agenda, which is fine. Whether you're here for her agenda or not, that's that's your own personal opinion. What Bethany, she has an agenda, but her agenda isn't to be a great interviewer or even to have a great podcast. I think what it seems like Bethany is after is for us to be doing what we do, I'm doing emergency podcasts. We're making memes. We're doing this. Her name is being talked about, right? And so whatever comes along with that, whether it be her skinny girl, cauliflower crust pizza, or whatever she's pushing this week, and maybe it's going to be some sort of reality reckoning when we get more of a clearer picture of what she's talking about, which by the way, let me pull up Bethany Frankel, queen of publicity and say, guys, if you want to look, know a little bit more, listen to the other podcast episode I released today with Jeremy Tom and, and Nick Hartwell from Love is Blind, who started the can Foundation, which is all about helping these reality stars with, like, mental health, things like this. And we actually had a really nice conversation that made things a little bit more clear in my eyes. So that is a great podcast to listen to as a companion to all of this, where they're actually putting things in motion. They were actually able to talk to me about their experiences, it, it, like, for, like, specific examples. And about how they can improve these things. I I released a lot of pods this week, you guys. So I'm not going to apologize for that, but there's a lot to get through. But I would really highly recommend checking that podcast out, especially which I released uh, this morning. Um, and by the way, you guys, I'm not really, I do have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash so bad. It's good. Hey baddies, but I'm not hiding this behind a paywall. I'm not Claudia Oshree. I'm not, uh, Bethany Frankel. I'm not like, listen, I'm excited to get this information out. I'm excited to talk about this stuff. How amazing it is that we all get to talk about this and give our opinions. Okay. So, uh, I don't think Bethany is in, is trying to, blow anybody's mind with her interviewing skills or her podcasting skills I don't even think she thinks about it I think she thinks she's amazing already so I don't think she puts a lot of work into it and when it comes to interviews like the Raquel one I think that is glaringly obvious I think it's glaringly obvious that Bethany finds herself the most fascinating person in the room no matter who she is in the room with And that's not—I'm not saying that's a slam on her. That's probably done her so well in her life, obviously, having that kind of confidence, that kind of, you know, just being able to attack a room. But I think in things like this, it ultimately will end up hurting, I don't know in what ways, but it does leave the listener or the viewer— it kind of like, oh, okay. You had this amazing opportunity and this is what you took with it. We keep comparing it to the Howie Mandel, which was so, I mean, Howie Mandel was almost sketch comedy in a sense. There wasn't even truly, I mean, there were things that we joke about, but the Howie Mandel was so ridiculous. This also is just somebody that just seems like they're very in love with themselves. Um, So how ad sales go on podcasts, right? So she has a I mean, you, you, there would be like two and a half minutes of an interview with Raquel, with Rachel, and then we would go. To, in fact, let's cut to a commercial right now for so bad it's good. Let's do it right now. Let's get this <laughs> every two minutes. Every two minutes, I'm going to stop this podcast and put a commercial in. This is sponsored by Butt Wipes. When my butt is sore after listening to Bethany Frankel. I reached for a butt wipe. (laughs) By the way, you guys, I've been, I had to, I'm here at my parents' place now and I was just, I had to read this whole packet on hospice. So I will tell you, listening to this and reading the transcript is still way more fun. So I will say Bethany Frankel's podcast is way better. And you pull this quote, Bethany, Ryan Bailey says Bethany Frankel's podcast part two was way more exciting than reading hospice paperwork. (laughs) That's, (laughs) that's something that's a put that on your linkedin bethany Frankel. um so ad sales work is that like usually with this show i i'm not i think they put some ads on before i start and then ads on at the end and then i know i usually read one in the middle that's placed somewhere um and then how that works now for bethany it's probably way different because she's a pseudo celebrity is uh you know, like for me, I got to choose when I first started like what would I I wouldn't advertise for. And I think I said like guns. I would never do an ad for guns. And I didn't want to do any political ads. And I remember one time they did put a political ad in and it was a mistake. But like my listeners were awesome and told me about it and I was able to reach out and it turns out that was a mistake and then they took it off. But um, you know, so they tell you know, and you can turn down certain ads, but only the host red ads are are the ones that I um that I get to like approve or deny or something like that. So I'm really lucky because the ones that I have approved I really genuinely like. Regardless, Bethany and, and iHeart, they're just slapping on ads everywhere. And this is the part I just don't get because I don't get this with any any kind of artistic endeavor. When you start to make money off of it, I always I'm really wary of the people that don't try to find ways once they know how it's being consumed to, to make it easier for the listener. Like I will do extra long podcasts. So that way, no matter how many ads that are put on, and I still know it's only a handful that you will get so much content That hopefully it is worth you hearing those commercials. So, we're, you know, I wanna give you as much as you can. So then you can potentially be more favorable when you hear those advertisers and think about those products when you go shopping at places. But I feel with these, and, and I this is not just Bethany. I think with a lot of big-name people, I don't think they get involved at this macular uh, level where they are. For Bethany being a girl boss and girl bossing, I feel like, man, what a way to F you, your audience, when you are putting on so many ads that it becomes a joke, that it becomes the that's what you take away from this interview. I, I've read so many things today of people going, God, that was a lot of interviews, instead of, wow, it was fascinating what Raquel said. Like you're not setting up your guest for success. This could be Rachel. It could be anybody she's talking to. You've got to try to set up your guest for success. Now we know in this, she presents herself as a very big supporter of Rachel, but then even in the second part, it comes out that Bethany once again, reminds us she has not watched things. She doesn't, I mean, she's doing research for this podcast while she's on the podcast. She's like, you know what? This has got to have gotten huge ratings, right? Like, you know, and then she's checking on her phone. Oh, my God. Look at these ratings. OK, OK. Um. Oh, back when I was doing it. And then she reveals a Bethany story. So it always all roads lead back to Bethany. We always say all roads lead back to Bravo, but truly all roads lead back to Bethany. And I find that really intriguing. And, and all of these little things, just like how I apologize so much in a podcast. I think I just got a DM saying, like, stop apologizing again. I do it a lot. It's like rate. Rachel Raquel, it's just so ingrained in me from such a young age. But even in that, I imagine as a listener, you can derive certain things from that of like, oh, okay. So this guy potentially is super insecure because, you know, but we do that the same with everybody. So we do that with Bethany. So every time Bethany brings it back to Bethany, you realize, man, there is something there, right? Like, look, This is the roadmap. In acting class, we would always say the script is your roadmap. The the author of this TV show, film, movie, whatever, gives you the roadmap with these words and these lines and these stage directions. This is your roadmap. You can take all of the information that you need from this roadmap. And for Bethany, she gives us a really clear roadmap sometimes of her her and yes we all share our experiences but Bethany I feel like uh, monopolizes a lot of those experiences um, and 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 in her defense too I mean what a Uh, definitely an interesting voice because she has been through reality television. I mean, literally all the things that she was talking about of Rachel being called names. I've heard Bethany called names. I, everything that Bethany said that was horrible, that was done to Rachel. I've seen Bethany actually do on TV. That's the other interesting thing, which makes her, I mean, this is what I had written a note. I was like, Bethany truly is. You can't be more of a housewife Like Bethany putting out a podcast, interviewing Rachel about bad practices in reality shows is the most housewives things that you, that you could ever do. Like Bethany is the ultimate housewife. Like I still consider her a housewife because this is one of the most housewives things that you could do. Are you kidding me? Like I was, there is this kind of dark comedy aspect to it. I just wonder where it all leads. Like I wonder where this all goes. Where are we headed? What's the end result? What do you want to be the end result? You know, like have you specified it in your head? Have you told others? What is the reality reckoning besides a really fun name to keep saying over and over again? When's the other shoe drop? When? What's what's going on here? Who who are you? Like, what do you do? You want to be Carlos King? Do you want to be Andy Cohen? What do you? Who do you want to be? Because these interviews aren't doing it. Like, it's not doing it. And once again, I said this in part one is that if you're not going to watch the show, get the fuck out of the way. Sometimes you're making yourself look dumb and you're obviously not a dumb person. So why wouldn't you do this? Is it out of disrespect for Rachel? Is it disrespect for your audience? What is it? When you have this huge moment of somebody that actually everybody, like Bethany says, wanted to talk to, even though I'm not sure if that's necessarily the case Why wouldn't you, like, make sure you had your shit on lock, that every time you said something, you had things to back it up? Oh, you want to know what the ratings were? I have them right here. I did my preparation. And that's the thing that just, you know, what about these interns that you say are making more than Rachel, even though Rachel, Lisa claimed to make $361,000. That's what Lisa said in an, uh, a, an interview yesterday by a paparazzi or something, uh, which I don't think is necessarily true. In fact, Bryce Sanders from uh, Entertainment Tonight is going to be on the show on Friday and we talk a little bit about that figure. But if Bethany's in, Bethany's interns, what are you doing? Where's the prep work? Where's the where are the notes? Like the note, like you, the notes would be so incredible for Bethany to have that at the ready of like, Rachel, you don't know exactly what this show did. Let me tell you, okay. In demographics, this is how we break it down. 18 to 34 ad range. Da, 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 da. It, you could have all of that at the ready. And that's the stuff I don't know that I don't get. Um, so let's start going through this and we'll have multiple. De- we'll we'll uh, derail this multiple times to talk about other things, other vibes and, um, I will say this too, in re- regards to Andy Cohen, uh, I'm listening to his new book, daddy diaries. And I always just, I'm, I'm a Andy Cohen fan period. I, I know there are things that I, you are know, like have disagreed with what he's done, but it's kind of like being a fan of Howard Stern. Like I don't, I don't agree with everything Howard Stern says but overall I'm like kind of amazed at what he's done with his career and truly thinks that like he cares about interviews he cares about things but anyways in the daddy diaries multiple times I'm only like 52% of the way through the book um and multiple times already it talks about Bethany texting him he talks about Bethany texting him as a friend. So now for Bethany to rewrite history and call him now a quote-unquote colleague, we were never friends, we were colleagues, I think is wild. I mean, I think I get it, and— uh, I think it is true, but it is funny because Andy's like, oh, Bethany texted me of why Erica's mad at her, or Bethany texted me uh, that she was stuck next to Jill Zarin on a plane and Andy wrote back, just be calm, which is hysterical. So they had this kind of fun, flirty friendship text thing. So where did it go south? Did it go south on Watch What Happens Live when she was on last year with Jeff Lewis and realized that not everybody was kissing her ass? Did it go south when Real Housewives of New York moved on with a new cast. I mean, really, Bethany could have chosen to come back to this show at any time. It was always told by Andy and everybody that she was always welcome. How many people are, has that been told to? I mean, it wasn't even told to Nini. So it, it, whatever happened angered Bethany so much that she has now rethought her positioning on all reality shows and how they've been treated. So uh, it, it's just a real brain uh, puzzler for me in some ways. And I don't think it's necessarily biting the hand that feeds her blah, 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 blah. I think it's really shitty, but I think it's interesting just the timing of it all because these things will come into question. So Bethany should have all of those ducks in a row because if you are friendly texting with somebody up until some point and then all of a sudden going this hard on something, or do we have documentation of Bethany going this hard on these shows and how they're made up to this point. Honestly, like I I feel like that is going to come into question. So it's something that I'm sure she will be ready to talk about. I just found it interesting while listening to that book because Andy would just, he keeps talking about Bethany, texting him and seeming really happy about it. So there you go. Uh, Also, I do love that, you know, this is from a transcript that the, uh, the uploading company, they use Omni and you can find all their podcast transcripts on here. And already in the beginning, the the you know obviously this is like AI that does the transcription, and Sheena's name has been transcribed to China. I love that the AI was like they brought up Sheena, and uh, AI was like China. That is China. China's that not Sheena. China. Um, this show description as once again is a woman's voice is very powerful. Now Rachel is using hers to tell her own story. Dot 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 for the first time, dot, dot, dot. What's going on, everybody? It's me, Rachel. No, uh, I, like I said yesterday, Rachel was on her voice for the most part. I did listen to Speed It and a Half. I also listened to a little bit at the regular speed. Uh, I feel like she's really on her voice, like I said. So good work there. Um, so she, Bethany goes, before we get into the reunion, I, This is it just starts right off the gate. There are no opening statements by Bethany Frankel. I would like to hear about Sheena and you and then the dog. Yes, the dog. Unfortunately, we do not hear about the dog at all in part two. So I'm guessing part three is all about Graham slash hippie. So anyways... Uh Rachel is like, yeah, the dog. Yeah, there's still a lot to unpack here. So Sheena did physically assault me that night, and I have a permanent scar on my eyebrow. And at the moment, I thought I deserved it. That's why I just stood there and let it happen. She pushed me as hard as she could against a brick wall. The back of my head hit the wall pretty hard, and then she socked me in the eye, and I was in shock. She threw my phone in the street and then called Ariana from her phone, and I immediately ran to my phone, and it was a brand new iPhone. So it's like, oh, no, it was a crack? I do love – and this is very um, human being of, of of her is that she – this seven-month affair is uncovered and you're still thinking about your brand new iPhone. And I say that of like that is how like human beings work is that that is probably completely true of, oh, fuck. Did I ruin my new iPhone? And then uh, she goes – so I was like, oh, no. It was a crack. But it was fine. <laughs> So even in the midst of tragedy, there are small victories for Rachel. I called Tom immediately and I was like, Sheena just punched me in the face. And he was like, oh, I know, dude. I heard her say it to Ariana. I just punched that bitch in the face and threw her phone in the street." And then Rachel was like, so it's just nuts that she doubled down on this narrative that I'm a liar and a cheat and that I completely fabricated this assault for whatever reason. Okay, let's just start with that last part first. I'm a liar and a cheat. Well, double down on this narrative. The narrative is actually based on you being a liar and a cheat. Now, I know you realized in your therapized sessions over the last couple of months that one of your core values is telling the truth. But at this time, that does not seem to be one of your core values. And you did lie and you did cheat so right there you in her eyes at that moment and to a lot of the cast were or still are a liar and a cheater now i can't speak to the fabrication of this uh sheena still holds to the fact that this is not true uh we got law we got lawyers involved we got the court system involved we got los angeles county involved and she is also She retracted this as well. So now to go back on this again, um, I mean, listen, I I don't know. I mean, we know the shove happened. Uh, I I would have loved to have seen more pictures of the permanent damage that this did. Uh, I mean, anything is possible. Anything is possible. But this is what's shitty, right? When you do lie and cheat about things, and I would open this up with Tom Sandoval as well. And there's a moment in this, uh, part two that I want, we're going to get to where I'm like, oh, he lied here as well. Um, is that when you do lie about things, then you are, um, suspect, you are branded a liar a lot of the time. So things that you say are then not to be believed, uh, even if they are, if, even if you are telling the truth, right, that's just how the world works, not just for reality stars for all of us. So, um, so she, she thinks it's not she doubled down on this narrative. Uh, I don't think that filing a restraining order was out of the question because she was making, like, this punch emoji on a post that she made with Ariana saying, like, I've always got your back punch emoji and I just didn't feel safe. I do love the fact of, like, I saw this emoji. Uh, whatever was raising the roof hands. Like, oh, my God, she Sheena was going to raise the roof with my body. I love that emojis in this day and age are, like, threatening emojis. We are so soft as we are so soft sometimes as a people, but these are her feelings. So we cannot take away that experience for her. Uh, she says, so it's just unfortunate that I've been, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me how I can be assaulted. And then still how much, so much vitriol. And I think, and still be the villain. And then they're like, yeah, you didn't sign up for this. Like, did you sign up for any of this? That's what people will say. She signed up. Everyone knows what they're getting into. They've seen the show. She signed up for this. Um, okay. I do also want to point out, uh, at this time, when this stuff is happening, none of this was on the show. None of this was all not documented. This wasn't for the show. These, the punch and the Instagram post and like, did you sign up for any of this? Did you sign up for any of this? What I will say, and taking this away from the reality show context with our opinions thrown into the mix, um, if – okay, so we already know physical violence is just a no-go. It's not right, right? We can all agree with that. But in agreeing to that, you also have to then say, well, in what world are people driven to physical violence, even though that is not, it's not right. It's always wrong. Now, if somebody has had a seven month long affair with somebody that you're in a relationship for nine years, and this isn't about the physical violence, but you are going to be called names by that person. You're going to be called everything under the book because you did something really wrong to that person that really hurt that person. And if somebody is like just fucking sees red. You know, my mom always told me, uh, never flip off somebody in a car. She always drilled this into me. Never flip off somebody in a car, no matter what they did to you, because you don't know what that person You know, you don't know if they have a gun with them. You don't know if they'll follow you and beat the shit out of you. She didn't say beat the shit. You know what I'm saying? But she always just said, be careful of what you do to people because you don't know how they're going to react. Just because you wouldn't hit somebody doesn't mean somebody else will not hit you. So if you do this insane behavior, you're, you know, you you're leaving yourself open for people to react to that. Even if it is not right, even if these names hurt your feelings, you have to understand though, that is also the way the world works is that it's not just Ariana going like, well, you got me. I didn't see that coming. Totally shocked. Have a good day. Good game. No, you're going to be called subhuman. You're going to be how many times? Think about it. Think about yourself right now. How many times have you been wronged and you have cursed somebody under your breath or cursed them to their face or let out like a litany of the most angriest text messages you've ever sent in your life. It's got to be a lot. It's got to be a lot. So that's the thing too, is that I still am not understanding where she's sometimes not understanding. Like the physical violence, I'm with you. If this happened, not right. But being called names and stuff based on your actions, yeah, man, I don't know in what world you thought you might have been celebrated for this. And Bethany's like, yeah, you didn't sign up for this. Yeah, 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 you didn't. Uh, uh, uh. Um. You know what, Bethany, Rachel says, I really thought that reality TV was going to be fun. Um, yeah, I thought it was going to be a great experience for me to step out of my comfort zone and learn how to public speak. Um, so what I didn't ask you is how did you feel knowing someone, this is Bethany, how did you feel knowing someone that you thought you were in love with recorded you and then it ends up on a TV show? I mean, within a cast of TV show. So she's talking about the masturbation video. Now, the masturbation video was not shown on the TV show um, at all. We know about it because it all went around Instagram, all of this stuff, but we've never seen this video. I've never seen this video. Rachel says, I mean, within a cast of TV show, I felt very betrayed. I felt like I couldn't trust this person. And by the way, that person is Tom Sandoval. I felt like my privacy didn't matter to him and he didn't really give a good excuse Besides he wanted me to see it yeah his excuse he says besides he wanted me to see it later on to see how beautiful i was this, this is what i'm saying tom stop lying bitch i mean that is crazy dude i want i recorded you masturbating with your hoo ha because i thought i want i was going to show it to you later and say yeah Don't even look at your private parts, but look at your face. It's so beautiful right now. The way the lighting hit you in that New York hotel room, it's amazing. I wish I could have taken a video of me whacking off in Schwartz's bathroom. Oh, I wonder if you would think I was beautiful. And then we clipped that song. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. It's true. (laughs) I want to photograph our love, babe. Tom, okay, this is why can't we just like the cats out of the bag? Why can't we just I recorded it because I wanted to whack off to it later. Why can't Tom just say like I recorded it because it was hot and I was all turned on and I want to like keep whacking off to that. Can we all just be adults like just keep saying whack off? I mean listen, they talk about finger banging all the time on Summer House. Like, that's what it is, guys. There's no other there's no other like, holy shit, she looks like the Mona Lisa when she whacks off. Tom's not thinking that. Like, oh shit, like the fucking Lacma should like put this up in a video uh tribute. Like, no. He wanted to keep whacking off to it. He thought it was hot. So Rachel, you know, yeah, like you thought you're hot. I hope that makes you feel good. But yeah, it's gross that he did that without your permission, right? In fact, I thought there was, I mean, I guess I'm wrong, but I thought there was a thing on iPhone. If you did record it, like alerts the other person that you're recording. That was my, I don't think I've ever recorded a FaceTime and I'm not sure necessarily how to do it. Um, can't wait. Is that the record? Never mind. I love this is just things of me trying to figure out tech things. Hey, is that thing where you just drop it down and then do the? Okay. Anyways, I think you look beautiful, babe. When you walk off on the video. So uh, that was Tom's reasoning to Rachel for why he did this. Um, And then it gets any deeper. She says, but if he would have asked for permission, I would have said no. So she says no. She said she would have only whacked off without it being filmed. And that actually is very smart. Guys, everybody out there, guys, girls, don't film yourself doing this shit. When Tom and I were filming at my apartment after filming got picked back up, I said to Tom, how can I trust you? You filmed me without my consent. And he admitted to it. But then after that scene wrapped, he said, why did you say that? Why did you say that on camera? You made me look bad. And I was like, well, because that's what happened. And like, you know, and he ended up boycotting filming the rest of the scandal. So all that he could have editing rights to the scene to take out the specific. Sorry, the the transcription here is wild so that he could have. So he said. So he could have editing rights to that scene to take out that specific moment. And I'm not filming unless you take that out. And Bethany's like, yes, I've seen that happen before, which Bethany truly means. Yeah, I've done that before. Yeah, I've 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 threatened. I've I've you know. So, yeah, I do believe this. I do believe. And by the way, if you are a, you know, a casual TMZ follower, if you recall that weekend when they were filming Scandal, we had that TMZ item that said Tom Uh, threatened to stop filming after the Rachel scene, but it didn't say it was because of this. It just said that he he, he got all moody and said he was going to stop filming if such and such. So now we know this is what it was, was that he admitted to this. But once again, this is not uh, taking it out of the show. The show is edited, like we've already established. The show is not a minute-by-minute, second-by-second documentary. Things get taken out all the time. In fact, that's why when we see never-before-seen episodes with added footage or we even see Secrets Revealed episodes, we're always like, damn, why didn't they leave that in? I would like to see that. I want to see all of it, right? That's all, always our attitude. But that is not how these shows are made or put together. And yes, if Sandoval – if they are needing him to film and Sandoval is a big baby and says, don't do this because, by the way, what he did is illegal – then they're probably going to play ball with him because I would also which I wish Bethany would have done a follow-up question on this would have asked Rachel well did you ask for it to be left in did you I mean but my understanding was that Rachel was in complete cahoots still with Tom even though she knew he filmed her without her consent so there's a lot of a lot of different variables in all of this Hey, I had to pause because my my sister and my nephew are here and my nephew was on like one of the first episodes of So Bad It's Good way back in the day and now he you're six, 15 or 16. 16. 16, we call him Watermelon on the show. We we don't reveal his real name. So say hello to everybody. What's up guys? <laughs> so uh real, real quick what what we're talking about uh on this Vanderpump Rules which you don't watch There was this um, guy that was cheating on his nine-year relationship with this girl that's also on the show, and that got discovered. But he filmed her on FaceTime doing something like sexual to her body, and that's a no-no, right? Yeah. You don't do that. Guys don't yeah, do no, that. Yeah, no, no. And, and you would never do that Yeah, it ever. violates trust. Exactly. And you always ask for permission, right? Of course, of course. Consent is key, but that's bad. And this dude's like 40 years old. Yeah, that's, that's weird at that point. It's completely weird. Yeah, like okay. you're, you're so mature that's uh, unnecessary, you know? Exactly. So that's completely ridiculous, even for you, a 16-year-old man. Yes, I would say so. Okay, perfect. That's all I need. Yeah. Say goodbye. Bye, guys. <laughs> Okay, we're back. That was a nice little pop-in from Watermelon. That was a star-studded episode, per usual. Uh, where did we leave off? Uh, we left off with uh, Rachel talking to Bethany about this moment, about Tom potentially uh, asking them to delete this comment that he'd had in the scene with R- Rachel in regards to filming. Um, so he admitted to this, you know, essentially. But I will say once again... It sucks that that was left on the cutting room floor for us, the viewer, but at the same time... Tom did this and Tom did not do this on the show. Tom did this when they were not filming. Remember the season had wrapped. We're, we're well aware of this at this point. So the show had nothing to do. The show wasn't like Tom, I want you to go into Schwartz's bathroom and record, uh, Rachel fiddling with herself and keep that video and blah, blah, blah. No, the show did not do that. In fact, if you're talking about any kind of legal issues because of this. I guess uh, if Rachel did have a case against Tom, if it were to ever go that way, she could um, try to get that footage. Right? She could say, "Bravo, don't destroy that footage." Evolution Media, don't destroy that footage. Uh, that would, but that would be a Tom issue. Let me know if I'm I'm mistaken on this. So then it goes on to, um, you know, has has it made Tom look bad? And uh, she's like, yeah, it it has made him look bad in the sense that, you know, he hasn't gotten the same level of hate that she has, but she thinks he, he is getting hate, but just for being pompous and like being around town with a bunch of different girls. This is the other part that kills me about Bethany, uh, Bethany's interview. And this is where I wish she was. She had watched all the shows because this is the moment right here. This is the reunion type moments. These are the Andy Cohen type moments of how does that make you feel? Rachel, this is somebody that you said you loved, he loved you. And then you're seeing him all around town with these other women. How, How does that make you feel? I mean, he might be getting hate from us, the audience, because of it. But how, did, how does it make you feel? Do you feel hateful towards him for that? Where are you with this? Are you like, yeah, you know, we didn't work out, blah, blah, blah. Because she said in part one that she realizes that now she was not in love with him and she doesn't think he was actually in love with her either. But it, it seems like this missed opportunity, since you really weren't involved in watching the show as a viewer, Bethany, that these questions are still unanswered so uh it says uh but i feel like it's a true the woman does the woman. the woman gets the short end of the stick and i will say i do agree with that a lot i agree that women i mean th- yeah every t- every day women get short end of the stick all the time period not even just on reality shows everywhere everywhere women do not support women, women don't, like, men don't support women sometimes, it's all, the whole kitten caboodle is like, yeah, that's it's a very fair statement, but I will say, once again, Rachel did something that made her disliked by these other cast members. When you do, you know, obviously when you do something, you're gonna have the uh, the aftermath of the effects of what you did, so... Sorry, you guys. I'm I'm not really even making that much sense right now. My mind is in like ten other, other directions. Um so uh then this is when Bethany was like, Tom owns the bar with does he own the bar with Schwartz and Tom? And what is that, Tom? And this is where she's like, Does he own the board Schwartz and Sandy? And and Rahel's like, yeah. And Bethany launches into. So the Bethany clause is something that was a result of my skinny girl deal. And it says that businesses that are showcased on reality shows that the cast members have to kick the network a percentage up. So I assume that Bravo profits off these bars and Vander, Lisa Vander pumps bars. So Tom is a partner in these bars and Rachel's like, yeah, he is. So he profits off of the marketing that the show provides. And then Bravo profits off the sales and everybody who's going into these bars. Is he a producer? And then she's like, he's not technically a producer, Um, but she does point out he's been on this series from day one, which is another, you can't argue that fact. Tom has been on this show from day one. In fact, the show would probably be more loyal to Tom because if you're saying that we are following these cast members through, we followed Tom Sandoval's stories, the ups and downs, his story. Rachel is somebody that we got added in later on and been for the last four or five seasons. Now the Bethany clause we've talked about on the show many times, Uh, They call it the Bethany Clause. Skinny girl did great. Uh, And by the way, Bravo is not the first kind of company or conglomerate to put in a Bethany Clause. They don't call it the Bethany Clause uh, for other like Lauren Michaels, by the way. You can call it the Lauren Clause. Lauren Michaels, the executive producer and creator of Saturday Night Live. Uh, They have a clause now and it was after the success of, I believe, Adam Sandler. When Adam Sandler like went and did like Billy Madison into Happy Gilmore and all of a sudden he exploded, they were like shit. Like so you had you had Farley and Sandler and then I think it was after the success of those two people, uh, Lauren Michaels started signing people where he could be a part of their their success after SNL. Uh, because he gave this huge platform for them to launch their careers. And Saturday Night, Night Live is the launching pad for so many actors and comedians' careers. Just point blank, period. So Lauren, at a certain time, thought, well, I deserve a percentage of these careers going forward. Now, whether you argue that case or not, but, you know, musical distribution is a lot of the same way. They put up all the money to put your music out, blah, blah, blah. And then they take this percentage of and it gets really greedy down the line. But uh, Bethany is not the first time this Bethany clause uh, that that people have done this kind of stuff. Now, I don't know for uh, I don't believe the Bethany clause goes over to Lisa Vanderpump's restaurants at all. Um, so I would be interested in that. Uh, I believe Kyle cook's lover boy is potentially has a little bit to do with the Bethany clause, which Kyle cook hysterically got, uh, got into the comments today on a two judgy girls post, which by the way, I was texting with Courtney earlier about our thoughts. Uh, Courtney from uh, two judgy girls who I love. We were texting about Bethany and just LOLing about a couple of things, but, uh, Kyle says the irony of it all, Bethany cashing in ads at cashing in ads as she, quote, exposes Bravo exploits and gives Rachel a voice. She literally... Had more ad spots than any other podcast I've ever listened to. Rachel won't see a dime, lol. I bet she had to pay her way to fly to B just to record this. If this was a true PSA, it would be ad free. Now, didn't I say uh, a version of that yesterday? In that if Bethany truly was trying to reveal the truth and trying to really share Rachel's story, she would have put all three parts out instead of monetizing for three days in a row. Now, a lot of you guys at home don't need to be concerned about monetization. You should be listening to this because you enjoy it. It adds something to your life or it's fun to get angry at. But yeah, this monetization thing is very wild when you are talking about being uh, exploited and not paid fairly, and then you don't pay, get paid for this podcast, which that came out as an Entertainment Tonight exclusive yesterday by the reporter Anthony Dominic, who I love um, at All Over Anthony. And... I've heard a lot of people in the comments of like, yeah, well, most people don't, don't pay their guests on podcasts. Yeah, that's very true. You know what I know? Like Jeff Lewis on Sirius, he pays his guests. I do know that. I do know a couple of other podcasters that I do know pay guests. Um, I think you could probably guess in terms of like, how did that person get that person? There has been money exchanged hands in certain ways. I have never paid, nor will I ever pay, nor could I ever pay a guest. Like it just wouldn't be, I remember, uh, I think somebody, I think somebody from 90 Day Fiance once wanted me to pay them. I think it was, um, uh, <laughs> who was it? It was, a, uh, I'm forgetting his name now. It was like Lisa, baby. It was the, the rapper guy. He said he would come on if I paid him. And I was like, oh, well, guess you won't be coming on. Um, but I will say in this case, since it is a very exclusive thing, is that Raquel, sorry, Rachel could have, by the way, let's cut for an ad break right here. Cut for an ad break. Butt wipes once again. No, is that Rachel could have made money off of this. First interview, So I'm still kind of fuzzy on why she is aligning with Bethany on this. So is there a greater payday down the line? Uh, when does that get dropped? That's the part that we're still it's the big question mark, because Rachel could have sold this story in some form to somebody else that would have paid. Now we're not talking insane money, but would have paid. Now, I think after last night's article, Bethany should share in this. I just think if you were going to have a whole agenda and reality reckoning about exploiting being paid fairly, it seems rather silly if you don't. And I know the deal is you don't pay. I know that. But we also live in a world where people do get paid for one-on-one interviews for the first time. People do get paid for those. NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, people get paid. So I'm curious what's in it for Rachel because in a sense, not even in a sense, the majority – and I know there's a small handful out there of you guys that are vocal, strong Bethany and Rachel supporters. God bless. Uh, But most people – I mean I've read things where people are like, oh, I'm starting to get creeped out by Bethany now. Like it almost made Rachel's argument like less powerful by going with Bethany and this is what comes out of it because the production is not great the questions were like uh eh, there's so much more to be answered maybe part three tomorrow is gonna to be like a three hour extravaganza that's gonna knock all of our dicks in the dirt but come on do we really think that's gonna happen if these are the first two I do think she should get paid something for this though I do think that and uh, I do find it interesting also that Rachel we were I mean I was seeing so many more positive comments about Rachel in these last, Couple of weeks, and I told you that there's no way she's coming back to the show, especially after the Graham situation that happened. Um, but doing this kind of reignites that fire once again for everybody, and then hearing how she talks about it after being to uh you know therapy for three months, and this is what she's coming up with. It still overall feels a little bit you know accepting the blame, but not really not still understanding why she got the hate she did. Now, I, you know, and she's clearly talking about the cast in a lot of these. Now, I think that the where she totally has a leg to stand on is like, who could expect the hate you would get from social media? Who would expect that? And by the way, she was so used to in that last season of everybody championing Raquel, like Rachel, like, oh, Rachel is so great. To see. Like she was finally getting that kind of reality show excitement and success that a lot of these other reality stars have gotten. So um, I don't know. I'm just really curious what overall she did this for. And, And really, the issues are starting to get more cloudy, too, because it's like, okay, you felt exploited potentially by the production company in Bravo. But then you're giving examples of Tom Sandoval filming you fiddling with yourself. And that seems a Tom Sandoval issue of somebody that you trusted. And also she has been in this show. She was DJ James Kennedy's girlfriend uh, and saw him go through many histrionic uh, events on this show. That these people do know how these shows work. And then yesterday, her saying that she wanted to do good for her cast. She looked up to her cast. And yeah, that's a wild environment. But that, once again, I hate to keep standing up for a production company because that's just wild in my head to do. But it's once again where is the cutoff of what they're responsible for if the information is out there and you're choosing to not receive said information from what you see from everybody else on the show is that the production company's fault i don't know these are questions i'm asking myself so anyways back to this interview um so bethany is finally learning that tom sandoval (laughs) and schwartz and sandy's By the way, she said she watched some of the season 10. I don't think she did. That seemed to be a big uh, storyline. Bethany pats herself on the back for the skinny girl thing about the percentage. She assumes Bravo profits of Elisa's bars. I don't think that's necessarily true, but I can't wait for that to come out. Um, and then she says, is he a producer? And Rachel's like, he's technically—he's not technically a producer. He's been on the series from day one. Season one, There, I don't know if I'm able to disclose this information, which you can actually hear Bethany's uh, girl boner in the background when Raquel says this, but he did. He did tell me during negotiations for season 11 that he was offered a producer credit for season 11. And Bethany goes, oh, okay. So I think he was being rewarded for the scandal. All of it, all. Wow. Wow, Bethany, wow. She actually does a wow, Bethany, wow in this part two, the girl loves her catchphrases. It's like, she's like Schwarzenegger with I'll be back or Trump with you. Um, you're fired. Like, oh my God. So Bethany's like, and to me, that's just kind of gross because it seems it makes it, it makes me skeptical, skeptical. Like, what was this really just something that was fabricated for the, for the end results? I'm sorry. This is Rachel saying, was this fabricated for the end results? So Rachel now is putting this out there. Was this whole thing fabricated? So Tom could potentially get a producer credit once again. I know there's a handful of you guys that will never believe me. This was real. This was real. I've been told by, I've had personal one-on-one conversations where I've seen somebody's pain. Where I, I mean, like, I mean, I'm telling you, these people are not good actors in that sense nobody will ever truly believe because it's so much easier and fun to believe that this is some big conspiracy theory. I mean, you pour even Rachel's in there. Like, Rachel's like, uh, who knows, Maybe It's all like, and I guess if all of this craziness is happening, you know, you do have crazy thoughts that anything is possible. Once again, I'm also being told, uh, I was texting with Elisa Rosen, who's been on the show a bunch, and she's a great podcast producer. She has a great podcast out right now, Queen of the Con. And I think she's going to pop by the show to give some of these opinions, but she was like, I know for a fact that Tom was not offered a producer role. And I do want to go into that a little bit more. Like that would have been a great negotiating tactic because Tom didn't need to renegotiate his contract because I believe he was off contract at that point, but they're not going to just throw out a producer credit to Tom Sandoval of all people. Um, that information I'm sure will come out, but I'm being told that is completely not true. But I also want to throw this out to Rachel is that girl, this dude was lying to you about everything. He was lying to you about like you, like he was screen recorded you doing bit your business. You think all of a sudden he's going to like tell you the full God's honest truth about everything, especially in business. The dude lied to you many times. He's lied to many people. Why would you believe this? And Bethany, why would you like? I know why you would want to believe it. But no, this, I'm being told this did not happen. And wouldn't it be, well, that was negotiating, but I guess it just didn't, it just fell by the wayside because he's not a producer this season. Um, Lisa's a producer this season and she always has been. Bethany's like, you know, it sounds like everyone. It sounds like Lisa Vanderpump is profiting, Bravo's profiting, Andy Cohen's definitely profiting, Tom is profiting, Ariana's profiting. So, you know, you're in your, you're in debt, but you're in debt. So, Bethany's like getting this agenda going on. Andy Cohen's definitely profiting. I do um, want to remind people, Andy Cohen is not an executive producer on Vanderpump Rules, and in my interview with Bryce Sander tomorrow, Bryce Sander r- reminds everybody that Andy Cohen does not have, you know, he is not the he is not the person behind Bravo anymore. Andy Cohen does not produce Vanderpump rules. He does want the overall health of this network, obviously. Andy Cohen is one of the biggest figureheads of Bravo. We all think Bravo, we think Andy Cohen, obviously. So overall health, yes, but remember, he is not directly profiting off of Vanderpump rules. So Bethany thinks that's kind of gross. And by the way, I think... uh, Bethany's just upset because she couldn't say that she was profiting off of this. But in a sense now, can't we say that she is? Can't we say that now Bethany is directly profiting off of Scandal right at this moment? And once again, she's profiting. And once again, Rachel is not. Now we go into that old pattern of everybody is profiting besides Rachel. So what does Rachel get out of this? So then we get brought into finally Bethany's point of within this place, you're working. Like, are you supposed to feel like someone's there to protect you? Then there's someone to go to like a supervisor, a manager, a boss. And Rachel's like, there really isn't anybody that's like a safe place to go to. I don't think that anybody on the show has my best interest at heart. So it's hard for me to be trusting. Like I once was, and people have spent the, like, you know, Kristen Doty has a spinoff. She was fired years ago and now she's back and she has a spin, spin spinoff coming out. Um, So you, and Bethany's like, so you kind of get sucked and you'll do whatever. Oh, sorry. You kind of get sucked in and you'll do whatever it is because you want to get a spinoff and you want your bar to succeed. Bethany's like, so it sounds logical that people would play the game because take a few punches. You're making money. You're selling your soul. Essentially. And this past season really didn't feel like the first season where I was like, oh my God, I am selling my soul. That is what Rachel says. And it's interesting that you mentioned Kristen because Kristen was just uh, was just starting to talk about this tumultuous relationship with DJ James Kennedy and what happened before closed doors. And then all of a sudden, she's presented with this spin-off, which I believe is a way to silence her. Were you silent or were you silenced? To keep that under wraps so that the longevity of Vanderpump Rules can continue. And Bethany's like, the realm! Protect the realm! Then she's like, so is there alleged physical abuse and... Rachel's like, there's physical, there is a physical abuse allegation with Kristen and James, and people say something was cut out, uh, like I've gotten people that have called me about other incidents related to that, and you think Uh, Bethany's like, and you think that spinoff is good hush money for someone who was fired for like a racist and alleged racist act. And Rachel Rachel's like, yeah, I think she was in a relationship with Stassi and they both got fired at the same time. But I do believe what she said about James. I know how James is. I've, I've seen him be a violent person. So I have no doubt that what she is saying is true. I hope one day it will come to light and there will be justice. Um, It's, it's so crazy. Okay. So what she's referring to is obviously Kristen Doty And Dodie's relationship with DJ James Kennedy. And it was, you know, Dodie was confirming that there had been violence in their relationship with DJ James Kennedy at some point. Now, what um, Rachel is putting out there that Bravo is trying to silence Dodie by by casting her on Vanderpump Valley. And Dodie even went uh, she did a couple of videos today going, guys, I heard the clip. I heard the clip. Rachel is not, she is telling some truths and she had heard the clip about the violent thing, but she then went on to say, yo, I did not get Vanderpump Valley to buy my silence. And I know that would really help Bethany's whole argument, but that is not the case. And if that were the case, protect the realm as Bethany keeps saying, then Bethany, why didn't they fucking offer you a fucking show to shut you up? Why didn't they offer Nini? a show, a spin-off, to not have her file that lawsuit last year. It can't work for some of your examples. And then it just doesn't work at all. It just completely falls apart when you go down that line. So would you say as an audience listening right now, that Bethany Frankel is potentially damaging to Bravo? And if that is the case, well, why have they not tried to buy Bethany Frankel's silence? Why have they not silenced Frankel? <laughs> give, like, give like Hamptons Valley with Bethany Frankel but anyways Kristen was like yeah like, and by the way you guys we've talked about this on all the recaps of Vanderpump Rules I even said as much as I thought DJ James Kennedy had a great season and I really felt for him we've seen it we've seen those scenes at Sheena's wedding when Dodie even smacked uh, DJ James Kennedy right in the face so yeah, like DJ James Kenny will prob. this will probably keep coming up. It's something that is in his past that will probably get brought up at some point. And Kristen is not denying this part of that interview, but she is saying, no, I didn't get that. And I do know for a fact when they were, this spinoff happened because of the insane success of Scandal. It finally that door was open, like that finally that door was open for these people of like there was enough interest from us because we are rabid about this stuff. It was like, let's see what else works. Now, what's going to be interesting, though, is when Vanderpump Rules season 11 airs because the cast is supposedly getting over their anger of Sandoval, you know, and Sandoval, they're all filming together. In fact, they're coming together as a unit, Alex Baskin said, and it took a while, but now we're finally there. And that's going to be interesting because they've had time, the cast now, to process this in front of each other. But the audience, that's what's going to be interesting is how we respond to the material. So they might think all is gravy, we're all good. But then when we start seeing this shit, we're going to have reactions to it, right? We're going to have reactions to it. And then if all of a sudden it's just like, okay, back to business. We might not be there emotionally as an audience, and I know you might laugh at that notion, but think about that. We got so emotional about this. If we think Tom is just being let off very easy by people like Sheena, la, la, blah, 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 blah. If we feel that, we might be like, fuck this. No, no. Because they've had time to deal with this in front of him and process it, but it'll be interesting because we're now, even these podcasts show, we're coming in at like a real hot 10 still in terms of anger. But yeah, I thought this was an interesting point. And it doesn't, like two things can be true at once, like we always said. D.J. James Kennedy could have potentially been violent, according to Christian and Rachel But that doesn't mean that Bravo is trying to buy people's silence so they can make DJ James Kennedy a bigger and better star. Um, Bethany says sometimes reality TV is like the upside down. Netflix sue Bethany for bringing up uh, Stranger Things. People are rewarded for bad behavior and you know negativity. Like I've said, bankruptcy. In no other world, you know does you know the boss, the entity, like pull in and highlight addiction, drinking affairs, bankruptcy, going to jail. And that's you know in other work workplaces that's frowned upon. So reality TV is the upside down, you know, and it's interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, and then she goes, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I haven't watched the show, so I don't know about Kristen and I don't know about the firing. Hell yeah, Bethany. Hey, cut to commercial. Let's make some money, baby. No, this is what I like. I, cut, but I want to remind everybody I don't watch the show, so I can <laughs> People tell on themselves all the time. Bethany, wouldn't it have been amazing if you had watched the show and really was able to have just like this insanely insightful conversation about not just mental health, but also just like physical violence and abuse in relationships? Wouldn't that be amazing if you had that knowledge? Shit, you didn't even have to read the watch the show. You could have one of your interns like just type up reports on all this shit so you had it at the ready. Girl, what are you doing? Okay, but let's take down this point about reality television, right? Yeah, man. That's what it does. It's a documentary soap opera. It does highlight the drinking affairs, the addiction, the bankruptcy, going to jail. It covers all of that stuff. Bravo doesn't put them in jail, but they actually do film all of these situations, and they do make money of that money off of that and like i said you know i I said a tweet earlier i was like if i find out these producers and corporations and reality stars all want to make money from this i am going to be livid guys this isn't a public service announcement like bethany's podcast we are not here to tell rachel's story these shows are here primarily to make money i mean not even primarily these shows are here to make money I hate to bring up the history of television. I've done it many times in the show, but uh, the television set itself, I believe, created by what? Richard Farnsworth. Is that the name? It was created to sell soap, to sell soap, to sell detergent, to sell products. They said, how do we how do we sell? How do we sell? We have these things. We could actually get an audience. We can get these messages out to so many more people through these television sets. We can put our commercial, but how do we, they won't just watch the commercial. What do we do? What if we put some sort of entertainment on it and then we can put the commercial on top of it and we can make money that way. That's how it started. So we know this as sophisticated viewers and audience members that at the end of the day, they want our revenue. They want us to keep signing up for Netflix every month, for Peacock every month, for Hulu every month. And then on top of that, they want to put ads in there, baby. They want us to watch a shitload of ads. That's it. Don't convince yourself that any of these people are doing it for any other reason but to sell soap. This is not groundbreaking. This is not a new thought. This is not—this is what it was from day one, episode one of Real Housewives of Orange County, the thing that started it all. They sold soap that night. Um. Okay, yeah, she admits she's not watching the show, but then the pendulum to swing and spin off from fire to spin off. It's a big, it's an interesting swing, Bethany says. It's interesting because the cast members that were fired and canceled at the time now have this big comeback because the scandal is so salacious that we are the ultimate villains, Rachel says. Tom and I now, that they have a platform to redeem themselves. But isn't that wild how w- the world works? If you fuck up this royally, you do. Like, what did we keep saying on the show? Way to go, guys. You invited Jax Taylor back into the conversation. You did it, Tom. Now is the time for my favorite part of the show when I get to talk about our sponsor. And once again, we are sponsored by our friends over at Factor, which is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Now, if you listen to the show, I've talked about this before, but we are unfortunately nearing the end of summer. Things are going to get crazier. you got to take care of what you eat. You need things that are good, things that are healthy, and things that are easy to prepare so you're not running around. And then if you're not doing that, you're spending hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars ordering in crap that's not good for you. Factor is not like that. So with this busy fall season, you got to look for those wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. And that's where Factor comes in. It can help you fuel up fast with chef chef prepared dietitian dietician-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You're going to save time, you're going to eat well, and you're going to stay on track with that healthy lifestyle. I've had this so many times now I've had it a lot over at my parents And we all love it And it is so, it's like, it is delicious It is less than two minutes Yeah, that sounds crazy, but it is not Two minutes, delicious It is filling, it is more filling than you would think It would be, because believe me I'm always like, I want I want quantity over quality And it is all of that So uh, everybody's going to be busy with the summer Ending, and you want to skip that extra trip To the grocery store, and all the chopping, prepping the cleaning up but you still want to get that flavor and the nutritional quality you need so factors fresh never frozen meals are like i said ready in just two minutes and you can refresh your healthy habits without missing a beat because you can choose from 34 plus weekly flavored plaque flavor packed dietitian approved meals Um, you can also level up with gourmet plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time You can treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. And if you're too busy running around during the day to think about lunch, you can keep your energy up with lunch to go, which are effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls, salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go that do not require a microwave at all. Um... Looking for the calorie conscious options ahead of the busy season, you can try delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Now, if you need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best, try protein plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. Also, you can round out your meals and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45-plus add-ons, including breakfast items like their delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, their bacon and cheddar egg bites, their potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet, or for an easy wellness boost, try their refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. So with Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice – They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, they source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and they feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. So, this August, and moving onwards, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. So here we go head to factormeals dot com slash so bad five zero so bad fifty and use that code so bad fifty to get fifty percent off that's code so bad fifty at factor meals that's f a c t o r m e a l s dot com slash so bad fifty to get fifty percent off and now back for the remaining portion of our show you did it you did this one Horrible, horrible decision made all of these things happen. I can't argue that. But once again, that's not Bravo's fault. That's your own dumbass's fault for doing this in the first place. And I love people complaining about being villains. Yeah, of course, Rachel and Tom don't walk around thinking they're villains. They're probably really nice people 23 hours of the day, but they chose something so morally bankrupt to do to somebody else that it was really a oh shit moment. Bethany's like, OK, all right, so we're going to get into the reunion because, because the last time that's the last time early anyone saw you. Yeah, I want to read something to you that you experienced, but I don't know if you want to hear it. Just read it to you. And for the audience, too, the audience that tuned in, the ratings were astronomical. It's the biggest event that Bravo has had in a really to- uh, long time. It's a it's a cash cow. It's millions. It's, it's tens of millions of dollars advertisers. It, it was a ratings juggernauts. The ratings were Um, and this is where she doesn't have anything to back her facts up. So she's like e- millions, tens of millions. You sure, Beth? You sure on that? You sure? You sure about that? The ratings were. She says, "I think somewhere the total viewers were in like 11 million or something." I mean, how, how much greater were the ratings during the Scandal than a normal uh, season? And the and the show was failing, and then. Rachel's like, I've heard rumors that the show was failing. It was on autopilot and kind of on the way down and Scandival revived it. Yeah. Alex Baskin went on record himself. He's our executive producer, Vanderpump Rules. And he said the show was going to be canceled in season 10. And if it wasn't for Scandival, there wouldn't have been another season. Yeah. So he said this at one of the press events for the Emmys, which, by the way, Lisa and Alex actually just did another press event for the Emmys yesterday, but I couldn't go. Um, And this is yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's technically true, is that, yeah, they, they were really, and Tom Sandoval even said this in my interview with him a couple of years ago, is, yeah, they were very close to getting canceled. Like, the excitement had gone, we had saw season eight and nine, it not that great, right? Season 10 was already a huge step up from season eight and nine, even before Scandoval broke. But, yeah, they were on the proverbial bubble. Nobody was really caring about the cast, blah blah blah. um, and something like this, truly, it did revive the show. Alex Baskin is completely right, and he's saying this, and I'm like, yeah, look at, look at this. But also, to their credit, this happened, and the production capitalized on this, sure for a money making way, but also the way they did it was so. Precise, and I think brilliant. The way they edited it, the way they strung it out, the way they kept us involved. I thought this was a true reality show genius in a lot of ways. Um, so Alex Baskin said this, um, and then Bethany's like, wow, what were the ratings before? And what were the ratings after? I don't know, Bethany, you could have fucking looked it up. Right. Uh, I don't, she's like, I don't know the numbers, but I would be very curious to know because well, and then Bethany's on her phone. It says Vanderpump rules. Viewers did not dip out of the season. (laughs) I love that. She's reading like variety. It did not dip out like the Tom Sandoval. Let's dip out, dude of the season 10 finale it hit highs for the Bravo show. The episode which showed the fault the drew a combined audience of 4.1 million viewers on Bravo and On Demand and the Peacock within three days of the viewership. And then she's like, oh, wow, 2.4 million in the demo to give everyone a frame of reference at the peak of successful housewives that I've been on, me, Bethany Frankel, and of course, Beverly Hills does really well. But like Atlanta back in the old days, the, de- the, day, the demo would get like, well, they would get like 4 million like back in the heyday. I don't, but they never got to 2.4 million in the demo so bethany's like she's an insider you guys the demo so what that is basically and you guys know this probably already by this point the ratings will be like um uh for let's take orange county last week it was like a 0.756 million i believe and then in the demo it was like a 0.32 so it's just like that's the advertising range for like the 18 to 34 which is like the demo or like was it 18 to 34 like are they more basing on 25 to But anyways, the demo is like the prime viewer that they're trying to advertise to. And I hate to break that to some of you guys are too young or too old to be in the perfect demo to Bravo or to any TV audiences, right? So the demo is the sweet spot for Bravo. That's for the advertisers. Um and Bethany's like, most of it I've ever seen for Housewives is like with a one in front of it. Like maybe a million. That's astronomical. And that demo, wow. And Bethany's just seen dollar signs. Wow. Yeah, the target, the ratings are I I would be willing to bet the dem- demo demo is probably a couple hundred thousand when it was failing. Yeah, she's right. And then it went up to like a 2.4 a million. It probably just shot up. Yeah, Bethany, that's how success works. Uh, oh, wow. Season 10. This is Bethany just finding out all, all of this information on her phone. God, could you imagine if she had done a little research, what an interview we might have had? Season 10 reached over 11 and a half million viewers. That's that's bigger than the network's numbers. That is very true. Network numbers suck now. You Back in the day when it was like Friends and ER even further back, you know, you had like a 28 million people watching these shows on network television. And now network shows, they're lucky. I mean, it's huge if they get a set 7 million viewers huge it's totally dwindled because we have so many options at our disposal so it's just not it's hard to compare it we keep using uh, network TV as this thing to compare it to and it's like just so unfair because it doesn't really truly exist in the way that it used to but we're still using these old rules of judging things and it just does not exist that way at all um, so she's just she's floored by these numbers that she's learning in real time how could you not be floored <laughs> More than 115 million hours of season 10 have been watched to date across both platforms, as well as on small digital apps. Season 10 reached over 11 and a half. Holy shit. That's insane. Bethany says 11 and a half million. I thought that was like not even true. Oh my God. I could buy 11 and a half million face masks at a dollar store with that. She's like, wow, that's crazy. And a lot of the most watched cable series of 2023 in the 18 to 49 demo, which is the sweet spot. That's all the advertisers. Bravo has made millions and millions of dollars. Yes, that is what they meant to do. Yes, that is what they're trying to do. And Bethany's like, this is the realm they must protect. Yeah. Yes, this is the realm they must protect. They want, they, they want their shows to. I, I, yes, yes. Bethany's like, daddy, daddy, wow, all right, so now we're going to get into it. That's shocking. I'm glad I read that before getting into the reunion. Yeah, Bethany, I'm glad you finally read this in the middle of an interview before you got to the next thing that you're going to bungle. That's a lot of cash for checks. Yeah, they got their Ferraris. Okay, let's go. A lot of and she's like all cracked out, now. I was like, oh my god. A lot of people are obviously tuning in for the first time, hearing about Scandal and rewatching old episodes. A lot of people are rewatching past seasons. Oh wow, some people have even started podcasting, realizing that they people are watching uh, old episodes. Uh, isn't Bethany d- do a rewatch Housewives podcast once she realized it was like okay, okay, cool. Um. A lot of people are rewatching past seasons, uh, Rachel's like that went on and like trying to figure out, like, did this happen? So Rachel's like, yeah, I've heard a lot of people have gone back and watch earlier seasons. Yeah, man, everybody does. You know, it's so I've, I thought this was actually so great because it was so exciting for people that had never watched Vanderpump Rules to go back and watch and go, holy shit, this is an amazing show because it truly is a great reality show. Um, and Bethany's like, you know, all the boats rise with the tide. They're going to go back and no one's making money on residuals. It's insane white ratings. And this is Bethany goes, wow, Bethany. Wow. Okay. Let's take a breath. I just got so jacked up. So I want to get jacked down. Bethany, how do you get jacked up and how do you get jacked down? And can Tom Sandoval film it potentially? I want to read you from the reunion. Bethany says the transcript, some of, sorry, you were, you know, really on the second of the, re- she says she was only on like the last part of the reunion. Okay, yeah, because there was a restraining order. I think technically, uh I was only on the third part of the three part reunion, Rachel says. I mean you had clips. Um I was in the trailer watching the reunion for the first two parts, so I watched the um I watched all of the reunion. That's what I did watch and a couple of episodes oh Bethany's like, that's what I did watch. A couple of episodes, but all of the scandal. You didn't, Bethany. You didn't. But I watched the reunion and I got my pen and paper and I wrote some things down. Oh, wow. The research, Bethany, because I was in shock and maybe not having watched 10 years of this, I could sort of just see something in a vacuum. So she was able to see something that none of a, none of the rest of us could see because she's that special and brilliant. And it is in this vacuum because I haven't watched if you've been duplicitous or dishonest um, or things that people think about you. But I know that you're, a, this is when she tears up. I know that you're a human being. I know that you can be my daughter and I know that Andy Cohen is a parent and Lisa Vanderpump is a parent and your castmates and all are going to war because they were just on the biggest show of 2023 and I need a piece of this. So I'm putting all of this in my mind and I just want to read to you what was said to you in a very short period of time on the reunion. Which by the way, if if Bethany truly did care about Rachel's mental health, she wouldn't make Rachel be in front of her. while she read. She goes, diabolical, demented, Subhuman! shut the fuck up. Fuck you. Fuck yourself with a fucking cheese, cheese grater. You're disgusting. And I wish the worst that can ever happen to a person on you. And then you said, I feel like a piece of shit. And then it was said to you about you. She's like, and then Lala says, my love, I think you need to get mentally evaluated. You're truly insane. And then you say, I'm getting mentally evaluated. And then it says, you're a fucking psychopath. You're a dementor and you're a soul sucking individual. You're ugly. You're hideous. You're rotten on the inside. Rotten, rotten, like a moldy piece of fruit, rotten. You are nothing, you are nothing, you are nothing. But that but that sink let that sink in because I know it's hard for you to let other people's thoughts go into your brain because you never had an original thought of your own. You are nothing, you're dead to everybody now. I'm really sorry. Like Bethany's like, I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry. Like that was actually said to you on national television. So Bethany is like, dude, dude, this is hardcore. Gosh, those are really harsh things to hear about yourself, I'm sure. And Bethany is so shocked, like a lot of us were, um, that we were seeing Ariana's real anger in that moment and the cast' angers towards Rachel. But could you almost say it was like, and this is from at Glorified Gossip Girl's account, um, we've seen Bethany say a lot of wild things like this. I'm feeling sorry. Exactly. Right so something's happening here. I she feel my sorry my for you because I want to think. No think you're crazy. She, she, thinks, awesome. she, she, awesome. she, she thinks something's wrong with you. I like do. It. Like okay. you're absolutely crazy. Because I don't want to be a part of this. Go to sleep! Go to sleep! Okay. You're crazy! Go to sleep! No, don't be mean to her. That's just labeling. And then I hear when I watch the show. And then I hear this whole story. This and whole, I hear a story. This whole too. story that you made up. Okay, no, she, also. no, she. No. We're okay. engaged. Okay, right, nobody wants to spend your life together. Okay, I think you might. Yeah, okay. I this is called a power play. Okay, I, I want really to move do on. You really need a career, Andy. This is a power play. In- a- You're a drop. Your tits hanging know. out, right. your hair down to here, right. you got crazy okay. eyes, you got <laughs> chicken in your purse, uh-huh. right. drinking fucking uh-huh. rose behind rose the couch, screaming that it's cold in mouth. here. You're a horror chef. <laughs> she had a strange man no. in her bathroom. And I had the, wor- the wor- worst I had the worst room. I had the worst room. I had the worst room and I didn't care. Get your life together. Oh I'm Paying me <laughs> for the Hermes belt. <laughs> no, exactly, you dumb drag queen. They're not paying you, that's the point. I mean, like half a whore too, but it's like she's the best of all of them. I mean, it's a bad. So that was a, a love accounts that pieced together things because I don't have the time to. So that was at Glorified Gossip Girl that posted that. And I thought, what a great, greatest hits of things that Bethany have said, you know, called somebody. I mean, like drag queen, uh, you're crazy, you're mental all of these things that were said about Rachel, Bethany has been the one that has been saying that to other cast members during her time on the reality show. But I guess that is once again, Bravo's fault for the environment that they put Bethany in. But that's why I was just like, always think about, we always talk about that concept of the reliable narrator on this show, which by the way, I'm starting to see people pick up on the reliable narrator thing. So it's cool that obviously some people are listening because I see it out there now, uh, which is really cool. Um, but I think that's very interesting when this is why I don't know if Bethany is the right person to be leading the charge when she has done so many of these things that she is trying to get sympathy for other people with. It's very interesting. So she tells this all in front of Rachel's face, makes her relive all of this. And, uh, and then she's like, and, 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 and you said, no one handed you a tissue. I saw Ariana got a tissue, but no one handed you a tissue. Bethany, did you watch the fucking show? Rachel didn't fucking shed a tear. Why would somebody give her a tissue if she's not crying? Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Watch the show. It's all right there. Did you watch it? Like something tells me you might not even have watched the reunion. And then you started to walk off, she says, and Andy says, hold on, come back. What does that mean to you? Hearing the, those words in a row, like I wrote them down and just read them and raises like nobody should ever be spoken to you like that. We're all human. We're just navigating through life and we're bound to make mistakes. Yeah. Okay. I know that I'm not lesser than, or even greater than anybody else. You thought you were greater than people when you did that Watch What Happens Live because you were feeling yourself, remember? You said it in part one. I also hearing that it's very difficult in that moment to accept those words that are being thrown at you and it's much easier to disassociate, Bethany says, and just let it fly on over because who can ever accept that and be like, oh, you're throwing this stuff at me, let me look at it. Oh yeah, that's all mine, no, no. Like I can see that those words are filled with hate and are intended to put me down and make me feel like someone who is not worthy of love, Rachel says, who's not worthy of acceptance or living life guys, here's my thing. And I hope they had talked about this in therapy with Rachel is I understand what she's saying, right? But it's not about somebody who's not worthy of love. You did something that hurt a lot of people greatly. So whether you are worthy of love or not, you have to make that decision for yourself. These other people can't make that for you. They might want to make you feel bad because you made them feel bad. But you are worthy of love. Everybody is worthy of love. But when you make these wild swings and huge misses and huge mistakes, which we are human, yes, and you are making these choices in your life to try to rectify those mistakes, right? One day at a time. But you also have to understand the hurt that they were coming from and that they were trying to hurt you because you hurt them. So then we go into this story about – and she reveals a little bit. And this was like – she's like, I'm adopted and my mom couldn't give birth. So her sister couldn't get pregnant with me and asked my mom if she wanted to have this baby. And so she gave birth to me and gave me to my adopted mom. And I think that I am a miracle to be able to live in this world on the planet we call Earth. And I, I just can't accept those words or those good wo- – those words. It's like, yes, that's a really brave story. You are you – know, you are – A gift. You are a miracle in the sense that we are all miracles and gifts. But if you do something wrong, you are going to have to weather the slings and arrows of these words. But that overall, at the end of the day, should not take away from your core values and who you are. And it sounds like you're still finding out who you are as a 28, 29 year old woman, which is totally fine. We all have our own journeys. Listen, I'm just learning how to properly wipe myself and I'm very old. Um, so she's a miracle. And, uh, I thought to myself, Bethany goes, I thought to myself, what must your parents think when they hear that? And like, you'll maybe one day have a daughter or a son, Rachel, and like, what would they think when this lives, you know, what would they think, you know, and I have a daughter and if I would have killed someone, honestly, so Bethany's saying she would have killed someone if people said this about their daughter, but Bethany, would you have also potentially looked at your daughter's actions and said, what the fuck daughter, what the fuck did you do? I raised you potentially better than this. Men are trash. What are you doing? Let's talk this out. Get off the reality show. Don't do the reunion. We're going to stop this. Circle the wagons. Bethany, what would you have done? Because I know you have to agree with Rachel's mom on everything that she's done thus far, but what would you truly have done if your daughter was in this situation? That's the thing that I'm curious about. What would you really have done? Because I don't feel like we're getting the truth from Bethany. Um... But, uh, I know you're a person and I know that I've read somewhere that Andy said about Tom, like he's a human being. Like Andy said, come on, Tom's a human being still. But like, has anyone said that you're a human being? Rachel, has anybody said that you're a human being? Yeah, you're a human being, Rachel. And Rachel's like, no, I've been told that I'm subhuman. Yeah, you were said that on the on the fucking, do you know what you said about some of these people? So why do you think Andy said, hold on, come back to someone? Bethany says he's been a Bravo executive. He's in a superior role. He's a parent. He's been a producer and he's, you know, he's 54 years old. He's like, you know, a little older than I am. So that's a nice little dig with Bethany. By the way, I, I would have sworn up and down that Bethany was way older than Andy. Like not even trying to slam her. I just, I was a little kind of like, wait, really Beth? Like Andy's older than Bethany. Um, but she is trying to make the argument. She's trying to personalize it, direct it towards Andy Cohen. Does Bethany realize that Andy Cohen is an executive producer or a producer on Vanderpump rules? Like I'm really curious if she's aware of this. I know she doesn't watch the show, but does she realize that he is not directly involved in that particular show? So she's saying, uh, you know, your kid, but in this world with producers and a network and eleven half million viewers, you're the employee. You know who's the protector of the who's the protector of the employee? Where's you know HR and you know when people call you subhuman piece of garbage like what, so. Is Beth? This is what I want to know. Is Bethany wanting HR? Is she wanting an HR policy with reality shows where you can't be called subhuman? And that—that's got to be a bitch of an HR because then you have to be like, okay, well, why did they say that to you? Oh, you fucking cheated off camera for seven months with a nine-year relationship. Oh, interesting this is where it gets cloudy. And I really want to understand, I want to understand the argument and she's not really presenting the argument. So I'm hoping part three, we get the real, like, what are we getting at? And I just feel like it's this jumble of thoughts that really don't have a lot of direction in her overall point, which I'm like, do you have an overall point? When are we going to get to this? So she's trying to establish this. That's the nature of the beast. And at the end of the day, these people are employees, and to Rachel's argument on part one, you want to do good for your empl- employer. We all like want to do good for the job that we have. But at the end of the day, they're just jobs. And then it was said to you that you should leave and never come back. No one wants you to be there. Yeah, it was said. Ariana gets a tissue and then you get called a sociopath. You have no no more friends. You're a moron. So did, so did you know, someone ask you to come back like on the reunion? Did you walk away? Did someone ask? Bethany, for the last time, watch the fucking reunion we know exactly what happened and she's like honestly i can't even remember in that moment she's like in that moment, i bet i wonder rachel's like um i'm getting a little disturbed that you haven't seen that it. it doesn't seem like you watched bethany's like who's rachel oh you're rachel okay then who's sheena Howie Mandel's famous guy. Who's Sheena? Honestly, I can't even remember, Rachel says. In the moment, I believe I walked away to get a sip of water because when I get nervous, my mouth gets parched. Oh, been there, girl. And I kind of already knew that I would be emotionally abused by cast members by going back and doing the reunion. It's like, you know, your penance. Yeah, it's like I have to own up to it. And I'm like, do I deserve this hate? Like, is this hate justified? Because what I have done is so horrendous. Well, my therapist, I have a therapist called Dr. Matt Pulowitz. He's a really nice guy. He's very gentle. He's very sweet. He saved my life in a way that's another story for another time. So this is Bethany talking about her therapist, this guy, Matt Pulowitz. And she said, I had Matt Pulowitz. I asked him to watch the reunion. I mean, a grown man who's a professional. And I said to him, will you watch this for me? This Matt Pulowitz, if I if I could be Bethany's therapist, I get paid to watch Bravo. This Matt Pulowitz is like, you bet your sweet bippy I'm going to watch this reality show. I'm going to get paid to watch. hell yeah, I'll watch all of it. You want, me watch- Do you want me to watch the whole season? It sounds like Matt Pulowitz might have watched more Vanderpump Rules than you did, Bethany. But also this is like – this therapist must be so genuinely uh, concerned for Bethany at all times and also just relieved that he has a constant uh, he has a constant pay flow coming into his bank account because this is wild. I asked him – I mean a grown man who's a professional. Bethany, you're the one that asked him to do it. Like, yeah, we get it. He's a professional. And I said to him, will you watch this for me? And when you tell me what you think, he's a psychologist. He's an, obviously a therapist. And he said something interesting. He said – Bethany, why are you doing this? <laughs> he said, what, can we help fill this hole? He said, there's a difference with with, with puni- punishment and abuse. He said, punishment is your banished from the friend group. No one will speak to you. Let's So let's say a wife's husband cheats. Like she won't speak to him for six months. He's sleeping in the doghouse. Maybe she doesn't get a divorce. Maybe the divorce is punishment. It's a punishment, he said. This was not a punishment from everybody. This was abuse, which was very interesting. And he said that the reunion, he said, Have I ever witnessed an intervention or a situation where there's a group, like a group therapy or like a reunion? He said, in this particular case, usually there's a goal. He said, in this particular case, he said, there was no goal for conflict resolution. It was just a beat down on a treadmill. He said, it was a loop. It was just a constant beating that, you know, was abusive. And I looked up, you know, people's many studies says that emotional abuse can be as difficult as physical abuse. I I agree with some of this. I also want to know exactly which studies Bethany did in her deep research on this, where she did not bother to watch the show. Maybe she was too busy doing the research on the, the abuse aspect of all of this. But I would love to to uh, get a bibliography of all of the papers that she is citing from. But yeah, like, yeah, there was a beatdown element to it. I mean, there was more of a beatdown element, I think, at first with Tom, because he was out there longer. But yeah, that's what Rachel was there to do. And also Rachel, we also know is not an effective communicator. So that's what I was saying at the beginning is that don't have your hopes up really high for the reunion because Rachel's never really been able to explain anything anyways. And that's not a slam on her. Some people just don't have that gift. So I knew going into it, like this is going to be wildly unbalanced because you have verbal assassins. I always call Lala and DJ James Kennedy verbal assassins. How do you think you're even going to be in the same room with them? and even begin to explain anything that's what lala does but yeah but also so bethany is one of your points is that you want like dr phil to come out and be like let's let's do some conflict resolution tom could you look at Ariana and do a little bit of mime work a little bit of mirror exercise potentially maybe do a trust fall how can we get these people all loving each other again not fucking just loving on each other can how do we do that andy can I, may I take, may I take the reins? Let's, Hey, let Dr. Phil and Jesus take the wheel right now. Okay. Ariana, I want you to look at Rachel and I want you to say, I see you. You aren't subhuman. You're a very, um, pretty girl when you put the makeup on and, um, say one nice thing about Rachel. Say, you, could you just say one nice thing? She looks pretty in the dress. She does look pretty in that dress that uh, Rachel, did you hear that? Did that make your inner child, your human being part of you feel good? Like, what is that? What is it? Conflict resolution. Once again, let's play Bethany's greatest hits at the reunions. Did you feel weird going after these ladies in the moment? Or did you feel that Bravo was coaching you, Bethany? Imagine coaching Bethany Frankel. So anyway, Bethany looked up a bunch of studies. Emotional abuse, uh, which I think is actually truly fascinating. But the definition of emotional abuse is a way to control by using emotions to embarrass, shame, frighten, criticize, blame, or manipulate other. And verbal aggression, intimidation, manipulation, and humiliation, which unfolds as a pattern of behavior over the time over time that aims to diminish another person's sense of identity, dignity, and self worth. Do you feel that you've been emotionally abused? And she's uh, she's like, absolutely. Um, but also, wouldn't you also argue that Tom maybe was emotionally abusive to Rachel in what he put her through in this situation, knowing full well, having 10 seasons of this show under his belt, what these kind of things are like? And I'm not talking about the reunion. I'm talking about the affair in general. Rachel says, and in the moment, I felt like I deserved it. I see this is where we're probably going to differ me and you, the listener at home, is that I think still in a way she did deserve it. But after taking some time away and seeing things more objectively, absolutely, I was emotionally abused. Therapists are great, but therapists are never going to tell you that you're fully in the wrong. Um, and did you feel protected at all, Bethany says. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, would you have expected a producer to maybe step in and stop or the host or Lisa whose show whose name is on the show? Like, would you have expected someone to be like, she's been beaten. Let's stop this. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I feel like part of the reunion is to hear what people have to say about it. You got yourself into this mess. Now you need to lay in the bed and you made for yourself. What do you have to say for yourself? Like when people do things that are out of character, it's only human nature to want to know why and what do you have to say? Like, are you remorseful or are you just laughing? But, but that wasn't, there was no, uh, Rachel says there was no opportunity for me to even speak and share what I was going through and why I found Tom to be this person that I connected to in an emotional way that I didn't connect to anybody else and, and what needs, you know, what met my needs, what needs were being met in this relationship. And why did I compromise my values when everyone that has seen me since season five to season 10 has said, this girl's usually so reserved. She's so naive, but very sweet. And season 10 was so out of character for me. It's just viewing that alone. It would make me want to know what was going on internally with this girl to be involved in this situation. Rachel is saying this, but that was not the space for me. So, but Dr. Matt was right. There was no room for conflict resolution. That wasn't the goal. Absolutely not. Okay, so um, I do find it, once again, a hair funny that Rachel keeps saying I wasn't allowed to tell my story on Bravo. And and Bethany blames Bravo for this, blames Lisa, Andy, the producers, all of that. But then once again, Bethany isn't fully giving Rachel time to actually tell her story. So the follow-up questions here hopefully will be, well, what was going through your mind at the time? Tell us why. Let's get into the specifics. What fill in those blanks for us. What was going through your head? Why in season 10 were you so different from seasons five through nine? If everybody said this, what was going, tell us your story, Rachel. Tell us your story now uninterrupted. I've finished reading all of the horrible things to your face that people have said about you. Tell us your story. So episode three, because by the way, it it cuts dead off you guys and goes to commercial, which once again, it's like, Does Bethany care about the actual product itself of packaging this product of a listener's experience? Like, this is one of the first times I've listened to Bethany's podcast. And I was like, oh, oh, it just ends. I thought something was wrong with my phone. And I was like shaking it like an idiot. And then I realized, oh, it just ended. Oh, it just like it was like fade to black like Sopranos finale. So uh, that was the end. But uh, I do hope that Bethany gives Rachel some room in part three to actually – tell us what was going on, what was going on. But so far it just feels like Bethany is railroading with her parts of these people should have stepped in. And I do believe Andy at times, if you go back and watch that reunion did step in, but I guess not to Bethany's liking and not to Rachel's liking. Um, I don't know. I do also think, and this is purely speculation that Rachel is sort of like a child in a lot of ways. So the way she views the world and the way she experiences the world is very different than how we do. So, uh what she potentially was expecting was never going to happen and i think if she maybe thought more about the real world she would have come to that conclusion before she got there and potentially shouldn't have done the reunion but uh i think she is very childlike in a lot of ways which that's the other thing i mean there's so many more questions i have is like well okay tell me more about the therapy you went through what are you learning about yourself you know have you been diagnosed as anything like these are story. These are these are questions that I think we all want to know the answers. Like, why are you in this pattern of picking the wrong men? What have you got? What have you come to the conclusion with with these industry professionals? Like, we're getting none of that kind of stuff. Unless part three just knocks our dicks in the dirt. I just that's the frustrating part about this. So, um, a couple of other things. My God, these things. I know I shouldn't apologize for these being long, but there's just so much to talk about. And uh, I wanted to talk about a couple of things. I pulled this article. Um, a couple of other things that came out that I thought was interesting. Um, a lot of people are reacting to the podcast. Tom Sandoval was like, uh, "I haven't listened to the podcast, dude. No comment, dude. No comment, man. No." Uh, uh. He had his Diet Squirt in his hand as normal. Um, Katie put up a Instagram story says, "So you know what that trending sound or song or whatever that was like? Why the fuck you lying? Anyways, that's been stuck in my head all morning for some reason." She shared. That was uh, Katie, Katie's opinion. Lisa Vanderbum talking about the three hundred the three hundred and she's been paid three hundred and sixty-one thousand dollars. lane. And then Tom saying that bit, and also Ariana commented to somebody about Ariana was passing around the uh, Rachel Fiddling with Herself video and a lot of people have gone on record of like no that was not being passed around it obviously didn't happen um, so that was out there as well there's so many things to talk about this but I'm going to let this go we'll, we'll wait for part three remember to go over and join the Patreon ask all of your questions over there patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good and if you like all of this uh, time and energy that I use to try to escape what I'm actually dealing with in my life please rate this five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and also so you guys subscribe to this show. Now it is changing within the next week. Big changes are happening. Okay. I love you guys. Bye. Bitches.